Good stuff. <laughs> so anyone, do you open your Bible with me in uh, Matthew, Matthew 20? Come on, let's open up the Word of God. I want to share something here. It's really simple, simple, but it's significant. So I'll just call this, can I help you? <laughs> how can I help you? How can I help you? That's a good statement, isn't it? I want to turn to someone and ask him, how can I help you? How can I help you? It's quite good to have someone ask you that, isn't it? Ever stood in a shop sometime and you stand there for ages and no one ever asks you, how can I help you? You know, really, it's really quite nice and wants to help you. And of course, in, what we found out in Malaysia is if the policeman says to you, how can I help you? He's asking for a bribe. Because your response is, well, you could take a little bit of this and this would help me greatly. And uh, yeah, so how can I help you? It's got different meanings in different cultures. So when the policeman in Malaysia says, how can I help you? He's asking for a bribe. But in the kingdom of God, how can I help you is the, is the theme of the kingdom. It's the base theme of the kingdom. And uh, we're going to just talk, you know, the Bible tells us if Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power, went about doing good and healing all who are oppressed of the devil. So we tend to look at the second half of this passage. The, he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and he did these tremendous miracles and tremendous healing. But the interesting thing was it said primarily the core of it was to do good to help people. And the heart of what Jesus had was a heart to serve. And so how many here are hungry for more of God, hungry for something great? How many would like their life to really count for something, eh? I think no one wants to get, no one wants to, get to the end of your life and then kind of feel like you just, well, what was that about, you know? <laughs> it didn't count for anything. No one wants to die insignificant. Something in the heart of every one of us wants our life to count. And the problem is if we don't understand God's way to make it count, we generally go off track. And we tend to look for the world to show us what makes a life significant or what makes us great. See? And so I wanted to share with you a very simple thing in, in Scripture, very simple but extremely powerful. I want you to keep remembering this, this, this simple key phrase, how can I help you? How can I help you? I would have heard that so many times and Eddie was nearly just almost, I was almost embarrassed to say, oh, no, I'm fine, thanks, I'm fine, thanks. But I had people come up everywhere, how can I help you? 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 I'd like to help you. How can I help you? How can I help you? I thought, whoa, whoa. You know, everywhere we went, where restaurants we went to, any kind of place we went, any church we went to, it's always saying, how can I help you? It leaves a mark because it's such a contrast with what we find in our culture here. But how can I help is the theme of the kingdom. Let's have a look in uh, Matthew chapter 20. Let's pick up a, a few things. It's very, very simple. Now, verse 20. Uh, <clears throat> the mother of uh, Zebedee's sons, came with her sons. She got her boys with them. So there's mum comes up. Hey? Mum's got her boys with her. Now they're big boys. You know, they're, they're probably in their late teens or early 20s. But they're not much older than that. But they're, you know, they're 18 maybe. You know, the, the apostles were pretty young guys, 18 to 20s, early 20s. But they're definitely not older people. They're quite young ones. And uh, he said the mother, and so they came with mum. Mum bought them. Come on, let's have a talk to Jesus. Mum just is really wanting her boys to get ahead. And she wanted something. She, and Jesus said, well, what is it? What do you want? And she said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left hand in your kingdom. Now, the interesting thing was that Jesus had already, in the previous chapter, had already promised them that they would sit in thrones in his coming kingdom. He had promised the twelve that they would sit in thrones and come again. So they had, they, it was fresh in their mind that whatever the kingdom of God meant, that there were thrones. And everyone knows that's a place where you're ruling from. It's important. The one who's sitting on the throne is always the important one. Right? And so he said, and, and these guys knew that every one of them, the whole 12, 
God had promised them thrones to sit on next to him and his coming kingdom. So they're thinking, man, this is so good. These boys want a little bit different. They want a little more. They want one on the right hand and one on the left. You don't want one on the right hand, one on the left. Because in the, in the Jewish culture there, when they had uh, the Sanhedrin, which is the Jewish high council met together, they had this two rows of them there, and they had the president of the high council, and then there was one on the right and one on the left. And the one on the right and one on the left were in charge when he was not there. So what they're really saying is, see, Jesus would have known exactly what they were after. What they were after was they wanted positioning of power and authority and influence in the kingdom. So if he ever had to go away on a trip somewhere, guess who's in charge? And the two of them had, the one on the right had one set of jobs they had to do. The other on the right had the other set of jobs. And between them, they ran the whole of the kingdom. They ran, ran everything. So if the president was away, they took over. And that's what they were after. That's what they were looking for. They were looking to be in charge, looking for position. And so Jesus gives them a bit of a telling off. And I want, but I want to show you, he, although he tells them off and brings an adjustment to them, what he does do is he highlights, actually, if you want to be great, how it happens. He actually uncovers a secret, very, very simple. And it's, you know, it's not something that's hard for any person to do. He uncovers a secret for how you and your life can become great. And he even tells you, if you want to be number one, how to get there. Now, that's good, that's good news. So you want to see what it is? Well, it's a little easier than you thought. And, uh, and so he said, what do you, so anyway, uh, don't you realize, he said, you don't know what you're asking for. Are you able to drink the cup I'm about to drink, be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? And they, the boys now come up and answer, yeah, 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 we can do it, we can do it. He said, well, you certainly will too. But he said, it's not my position to give you these roles of authority. So what he was talking about and saying is, I'm going to go through suffering before I come into my kingdom. And so you guys are going to go through some stuff too. And then he says, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with. But to sit in these places, it's not, it's not mine to give. It's given for those prepared for my father. Now, when the others heard about it, they were greatly displeased. They were really, really ticked off. And you know why they were really ticked off? Because, you know, see, here's the thing. If you hear someone swear, it doesn't worry you. Not too much. But if they swear at you, it's different. Isn't that true? Because it affects you. See? Now, they were ticked off, not because of the positioning thing, but because the other guys were looking like they were getting ahead of them. They'd even turned up as a deputation, and they were going to get ahead of the rest of the disciples. And so, in fact, actually, all the disciples wanted the same thing. They all wanted to be number one, all wanted to be up there at the top of the pile, all wanted to be significant, all wanted to be important. And so Jesus says, listen, in the world, that's how it works. This is, he said, this is how the world is structured. This is how the world works. It works on positions and ranks and titles and privileges. And if you're at the top of the chain, you got all the perks, you got all the privileges, you got all the titles, you got everything. You get the car, you get the car park, you get the whole deal. You get everything. And he says in the world, they use their position and their power to rule over people and hold people down so they can get ahead. He said, that's how it operates in the world. And he said, that's the way the world thinks. Now, you've heard it, you know, number one, to be number one. You've got to be number one. Well, Jesus tells us how to be number one. I'm going to show you what it is, and it's so simple. It's something all of you can do, and in fact, if you were to start to do this and make this something that you will practice the rest of your life, I tell you now, your life will just go from strength to strength to strength. You can't help but emerge and stand out. You will be so different to everyone else. 
And this is what was the core of the whole of Jesus' ministry. This is what undergirded him. And if you don't have this core inside, we want, God, give me more supernatural, give me more miracles. Now, listen, I tell you what, the power will blow you out. I've seen it. People have power encounters, and they don't actually catch the core secret of how to be great in the kingdom. They can't handle what they've got. Inevitably, it's like a sieve. It all goes, and you see them there. They had this great experience. Man, we had a great move of God in uh, 93, 94, and I can still remember seeing people go to jail after it. In fact, I actually helped some of them there. I did too. <laughs> Pastors sometimes have to do that. And, uh, <laughs> well, we did. We just sort of took some actions and away it happened. But listen, but these were people who had encounters, but they lacked something. They lacked what was the essential core value of the kingdom of God that makes everything come together. And if you want more of the anointing, you, then here's the thing. You, you can't make more of the anointing come on you, but what you can do is take what God has given you and actually really make it work. You start doing that, and you're positioning yourself for more. Okay, then. So here it is. So Jesus says, in the world, this is how they operate. Now, listen. Now, I want you to read the statement. Underline it. It shall not be so among you. It'll not be so among you. In other words, he makes a statement. Among you, among you who are followers of Christ, he said, this is not how you conduct yourself. It's not about having position. It's not about having title. It's not about being called this name or that name. It's not about having this privilege or that privilege. It's none of those things. He said, in fact, he said, among you, he said, I don't want to even hear you're looking for those things. That's not how the kingdom of God operates. That's how the world operates. He said, this is how it is among you. If you, he, whoever will be great, whoever will be great, among you. So here among us now, how many here people, how many people would love to be great, would like to be great? Now, Jesus never said it's wrong to be, not be great. He said, never said, oh, you, you can't be great, you need to be more humble. No, no, he said, if you want to be great. That word desire, he said, if you, whoever wills to be great, that word desire means something like this. It means that you make it your purpose that you'll be great. It means literally that you will choose to be great. It's something that is inside you. I want to be great. I will be great. Okay? I remember there was a guy around a few years ago, Muhammad Ali. You know, anyone remember? He used to be called Cassius Clay before he changed. And he used to stand up and strut around. I am the greatest. That's not kind of, that's the world's way of doing it, you know. You've got to wear something and do something. And now, I am the greatest. And he was too. He was real slick. He, was, he knocked out everyone that come near him. So he was pretty good. But that's not the, what the Bible's saying here. He said, if you want to be great in the kingdom of God, he said, if it's your purpose for your life to count for something, he said, then this is how you do it. Become a servant. Let him become a servant. Now, this is, it's become something. See, God wants you to be becoming something. So what are you doing? Are you becoming a kind of a lord over other people or are you becoming a servant to people? You choose what you become. And so daily choices cause you to become something. And Jesus said, if you want to be great in the kingdom, this is how it happens. It happens by choosing to serve. And that word serve there uh, means literally to be a deacon. You know what a deacon would do? They come up to the table. And they say something like this, how can I help you, sir? How can I help you? Very simple. How can I help you? What can I do? See, that word deacon. 
says, so if you want to be great, be a servant. Be one who serves on the tables. Now, a person who serves on the tables, you know what they do? It's not about them. In fact, when you get into the best restaurants, the thing is, it's all about the customer being served. And when you get in some of the best ones, boy, they really, they are really got something. I went to one some other time. I was on a trip somewhere over in Asia, and, and boy, it was good. Careful, sir, there's a step there. So you go to the table, you sit down, they pull the chair back. Oh, thank you. They sit down. I'll do that. They unload the serviette and serve. And you're sitting feeling very special. And then they serve all these nice things. It was, it was what I call a cut above everything else. It was a cut above. See, you want to be a cut above? Then improve your serve. If you want to be a cut above, improve your serve. Improve your service. Improve your, improve your ability to serve people. Jesus said, if you want to be great, here's how you do it. You take the path of a servant, and the path of a servant is always looking, how can I help you? How can I help you? What can I do for you to help you? Is there anything I can do to help? Okay, that's a good statement to learn. Or you should memorize. Is there anything I can do to help you? When a teenager saying that to their parents, Mum, is there anything I can do to help you? <laughs> she had a heart attack and fall over. What happened? You high on something? <laughs> You're kind of high on the kingdom. <laughs> See? But think about it. See, she'd be shocked because she hasn't come to learn that's how you think yet because that's not how you think. You think, you want. I want, I want, I want. In fact, she'd probably find Mum's the servant. And so she's greater than you. And will stay greater than you until you can improve your serve. Once you improve your serve, then you can become great. Say, serving, how can I help? Is there anything I do to help you? You could learn that statement. You could memorize You could write it down. You could write it down on a piece of paper, put it up on your mirror. Is there anything I can do to help? That's a good one, isn't it? It's just memorize. Is there anything I can do to help? You've got to have a nice heart with it too. You've got to say it right, like you mean it. Say, imagine that. Imagine all the parents in here, how shocked you could make them. You know, especially if they're unsaved and you come home, instead of trying to tell them all about Jesus, oh, you got to do Jesus and Jesus and Jesus. Instead of doing that, say, how can I help? Is there anything I can do to help? They would be shocked. You know what they'd say? I don't know what they're doing down there at that church, but you need more of it. That's true. It's exactly true. You need a lot more of what they've got going on down there. You see, but you're learning the secret of how to be great. How to be great. Jesus wanted us to understand how to be great because the desire to be great is in you. It's just the how to get there. See, most people try to get there by getting more things. I'm great. I've got this new car, new motorbike. I've got this new PS2. I've got this new PlayStation 3. See, and it's all about having things or having position. I'm in charge of the team now. Man, I've seen some people get a, got on a bus, you know. I've seen some people, you put a uniform on them, and they become a little petty Hitler. Dear God, you know, we, make, we stay, make it our job to take them down. Because <laughs> anyone who behaves like a petty Hitler is really not great at all. They're a little man. They're very little. They're not great. And little people always get into trouble. You find that. It's sort of, they, they've got a, it's like they're wearing a sign, have a go, you know. And people do. Say, but you see, you can be great. How can I help you? You can serve. Be good. How can I help you? Is there anything I do to help? It's good words, isn't it? Eh? You could learn that. You need to memorize that. Say, and then you can start practicing before you leave tonight. 
Before you leave tonight, is there anything I can do to help you? You can improve your serve. Now, that's what Jesus said, the path to greatness is. Now, he said, now, then he said, now, if you want to be the first, that's number one. Now, the word great means, it's literally in the original word, mega. It's mega. It's the Greek word megas, meaning mega, mega, outstanding. You want to be great? Have a great serve. Do things and do them well. You did them. Not only you did it, you went a little extra. Ooh. Yeah, I tell you, it shocks you when you see great service. It just catches you by surprise. Man, I talk about great service. I went to one place there, and, and they opened the car door, and they carry my Bible, and I'm thinking, whoa, whoa, open the door. And, but they're serving. See? I went to, one, one, went to one place there. They found out I liked Starbucks. Guess what? Every time I went anywhere, they have a Starbucks to thrust into my hands. <laughs> Would you like this? Can I help you, sir? And of course, they expect me to serve too, you see. So I'll serve for hours and hours and hours and hours in what I do. But never, never take any of that stuff for granted. You see what people do. See, and this is, you get the keys found in the next couple of parts of the verse. You see, it says, now if you want to be first, be the servant or be the slave. So if you want to be the first, now first means number one outstanding person. It said, serve everyone. Serve everyone. Serve everyone. Serve everyone. You want to be a leader? Great. Serve everyone. If you're too big to serve, you're too small to be a leader. Come on. You've got to be able to do everything. You've got to, be able to do everything. Do the things other people don't do. That's what will make you a leader. Not following the crowd, following the pack. You've got to do things people don't do. And so you serve. You do things excellently. You offer to help. Can I help you? Is there anything I need to help? Can I do? Look, I get me that cup. I'll take the cup over there. I'll do that. Leave it to me. I'll clean that up. See, it's actually found in all of those things there. You open doors for people. You, you do things others haven't thought of doing. And you just make it possible for other people's life to get easier. Now, that's, the, that's simple because everyone can do that. Now, if I say, well, I want you to go and lay hands on that sick person, get them healed, you may or may not succeed. But if I said, could you go and help that person in out of the car park, you could do that. You could go to that lady who's struggling with a pram and say, can anything I do to help? Can I help you with the car? Can I help you with the pram? You could do that. And you know what? You'd be standing out. You'd be great. See, because everyone can do that. Everyone can do that. You could do that at work. See, instead of just turning up nine to five, doing what you're supposed to do, you see someone there who says, is there anything I can do to help? Stand up my job. I saw a classic one, just someone, a, car, a picture someone sent me, and it's got a, a, a road. And someone's had the job of doing the marking of the road. And so there's this lovely line, white line, goes right down the center of the road. However, there was a possum that had been flattened by a vehicle. And would you believe it, the white line actually was painted over the possum. Because it's not my job to get rid of the possum. See, it's not my job. See, that's what makes people small. That's what keeps them small. It's not my job. Not my job. See, I still pick up pieces of paper coming in here. Still do it. Anytime I say, I've got to pick it up. Why? Because why, why not? This has been great in the kingdom. This is our family home. We want to enjoy it. We'll keep it tidy, so pick it up. So if I can pick it up, I can ask someone else. You can pick it up too. No, I didn't put it down there. How come? Oh, small person again. World's full of small people. Become great. Become a big person. How can I help? See, I do to help. Yes, could you just help that person then? Yes, could you go pick up that person? Yes, could you do this? Could you do that? Could you do this? Yes, no problem. Leave it to me. 
It's as good as done. That's greatness. Now, you know what? When you get like that, you become, now, you, you know, whoever chooses that. So you don't have to pray for a big anointing. Oh, God, give me the anointing to serve. Oh, God, give it to me. No, 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 no. You just choose. You choose. I'll serve. I'll do this. I'll volunteer. See, and, and not when it's convenient. It's when it's inconvenient, you show your greatest. When it didn't suit you to be there or do it, and you still did it. Oh, yes. That's got to be a winner. See? And that's when you really show you serve. That's when you really show. And everyone can do that. So everyone can be great. But the thing is, uh, I don't think I like this path. It's not sort of the one I had in mind. I sort of had something more greater, like more anointing or something. See, no, no, you don't need more anointing because what you've got is enough to get you where you need to go and you're not getting there. You don't serve. See? You don't serve just to do the practical things. I find someone who won't do the practical things, they're as good as useless. Because they shake, quake, fall over, speak in tongues, and you can't do anything with them. They're just a mystery. That's true. No, I, I love to shake and quake and fall over and roll around and see things and pray in tongues. I, think, I love it. I think it's all wonderful. But if I can't get up and serve, I'm pretty well useless. See, as far as the kingdom of God advancing goes. And certainly I'm not great. You know I'm not great? Because I'm all about receiving and not about giving. And Jesus said, greatness is seen, more blessed to give than to receive. So the purpose of blessing and receiving, and I do need to receive, and I do need to keep hungering, and do need to receive more, but then I need to outwork that by getting, and is there anything I do to help? Is there anything I do to help? And see, no one ever graduates beyond the little jobs. Somehow we get this mentality that sort of, well, I'm beyond that now. I'm, I'm past that now. Oh, I used to do those serving little things. Now, I don't do those things anymore. What happened? Did you shrink on the way? Because the thing that got you where you got to now is gone from you. <laughs> so you can't go any further. You can only go backwards. See, once you learn, once you've lost the heart to just serve and do simple practical things to help people, you've lost what it counts to go forward and be great in the kingdom. You've just missed it. And you see, that's the thing. Never to lose. I like being around people who continually say, how can I help you? Because when I start to hear that, it keeps reminding me that's actually the spirit of the kingdom. And so Jesus said, now notice what he said. He said, now, so if you want to be great, then serve. Wait on tables. Wait on tables was the lowest job. You just went around, you helped, and you looked and said, oh, the plate needs clearing. Oh, yes, the cup needs filling. Simple. You see a need, you meet it. You take initiative. And so if you want to be the greatest, want to be number one, then you, make it, you serve all. You serve everyone. In other words, you make it your life mission that wherever you can, you are there to help people. And then he says this statement here. He says, even as, even as, even as, just as, or the same as, or in other words, here's example number one. Wow. He said that. He said, he said, even as the Son of Man. Now notice what he said. He did not come to be ministered to. Jesus placed no expectancy that life would work good for him. He had no expectation that circumstances would be good and would all go smooth. He had no expectation that people would run around him and look after him. None whatsoever. So he couldn't be disappointed if it didn't go good. You know, I can imagine him getting near the cross thinking, oh, dear, I didn't plan this. You know, I wanted, come on, kingdom and glory and stuff, miracles and crowds. You see, right in the middle of the kingdom and the glory and the crowds, he said, I've got to go to Jerusalem and lay my life down. 
serving. See? Because he knew the greatest way to help was not to keep doing the miracle thing, but to actually give his life sacrificially so then multitudes could come in. And so he said, just as the Son of Man came not to be ministered to, but look at this, here's his mission statement. Came to minister, that's the word, to serve at the tables. To minister and to give his life a ransom for many. So Jesus served. How do we know he served? Well, here he is. He's the most anointed man the world has ever seen. Raised the people from the dead. Multitudes of miracles. And then get this. He goes to his disciples and washes their dirty, smelly, grubby feet. And he said, if I can do that, you can too. So if I can clean toilets on Mondays, you can too. That went down like a lead sinker. I can see that right now. Not a good one at all. See, but it's true. See, if you want to be great, you've got to do the things that make people great. And Jesus said, this is how it is. Very simple. You just serve and serve. You just keep asking in life, how can I help you? What can I do to serve? And when you begin to get that attitude, then whatever you do, do it well. Now, listen, there's levels of initiative in serving. So if you're going to pray for anything, if you want to ask God for anything, what you could ask for is this. Lord, increase my initiative. Initiative means that you're a self-starter. You don't need somebody who's done others. There's four levels of initiative. Here's the lowest level. The dishes need doing, and the boy's gone out to the toilet now. That's the lowest level, you know. There's a job to be done, and you can't find the kids. They're gone. They spotted the job needed doing, and they've suddenly absented themselves. That has definitely got to be the lowest level of initiative. You can't find them when there's work to be done. Isn't that true? It's like after a meeting, you can't find anyone to pick up the stuff. They're all gone. See? It's like you can't find them. They're gone. That's the really got to be the bottom. That's got to be the basement level of initiative. You're right down in the basement if that's you. Tell this young guy next to you. You listen to this. This is you you're talking about now. Okay, we'll bring him up one level. Here's another level. And uh, the, <laughs> the next level's not that much better. Next one sees the need and just complains about it. Someone ought to do something about this. Someone needs to do something about this. So that's not a very great level of initiative. Here's the next level, and that's where they see the need, but they, someone's got to tell them what to do. Now, that's getting better. It's really definitely improving. But most people live in that zone, or a lot of people live in that zone. Unless you're a teenager, right down in the basement zone, you know, the jobs we've done, I'm out of here. But you see, if you can get up above that, you can come out of the basement, come up a little higher, see? And so then you can come to the point where at least if someone says, hey, listen, how would you do this? You say, yeah, I'd love to. Now, that's a, that's a trick of its own. Because someone asks you to do something, you've got to choose in a split second. Yes, I'll do it without resentment. Or I won't do it, but I'll feel guilty. See, and this is the dilemma a lot of people face. If you're going to do something, then do it 110%. Because the 10% you put in that you were never asked to do is what changes it and makes it outstanding service. And it empowers you. See, that's why Jesus said, if they ask you to go one mile, go two miles. So if someone asks you to do something, you may, now the soldiers, because the Roman soldiers, they could compel by law and make someone carry their luggage a mile. So I see Steve, I say, there you go, Steve. How to carry my luggage? Why? Go on, go on. Hey, hike it up there. And so he'd have to do it. Otherwise, I'd get the sword out and carry him along a little bit, you know. And so he would have to do it. And so he would have to carry my luggage a mile. <laughs> he would carry the luggage a mile. Now, he said, this is what Jesus said. Now, if they, if they ask you to carry a mile, go a second mile. Are you why he said that? Because in the first mile, you had to. And you were reluctant and resentful. 
But when you volunteer to do something you were never asked to do, then everything becomes empowered with grace and life. And you've just shown what it is to be great. And it always leaves people impacted. You can be great. You can be great. See, at the top level of initiatives, you see the need, you do it and then report. Say, hey, I saw a need there. I fixed it up. It's done. How about that? That's what you should be praying for, that God will open your eyes to see needs. You step in and begin to do it, and then you report back. I saw there was something needed to do, and I got it done for you. That is initiative. Now, listen, whoever would be great, mega, stand out in the kingdom of God will have an attitude that just says, how can I help you? Is there anything I can do to help? Is there anything I can do to help? And you can choose that attitude. And everything you do, do it well. Do it extra well. Do it real good. Some people come back, ooh, wow, that's good. You know what happens? It stands out. When we serve people with excellence, we honor them and value them, and it makes a mark that nothing else can. When people turn up bad service or service that's poor, what it does, everyone gets discouraged, disheartened, and negative by it. It actually demotivates people. Why don't you make a decision? Man, I want to be great. I want to be great. I'm going to get up. In fact, before I leave tonight, I'm going to look around. And before tonight is over, before I close my eyes, I will have said to some person, is there something I can do to help you? And certainly if you don't get the chance to, tonight, tomorrow when you get up, mum, is there anything I can do to help? You can do your room. I'd love to. <laughs> Whatever it is. Well, that's a challenge, Mum, because I've only got a half an hour to get to school, and it's going to take a week. <laughs> but listen, it's all in the attitude, just the attitude of serving. Now, when you develop that attitude, it comes into every arena of life and sets you for success. Believe me, you can never leave a person with that kind of attitude doing a trivial job. They're much, much too value. You have to promote them. You just have to promote them. If someone is there and they're just doing such a great job on the door or cleaning up or whatever, you begin to see, man, that job is always done. It's done when it's supposed to. It's done really well. That job stands up and salutes. You say, flip, that person's pretty good. I need to promote them. I can't afford to leave them doing that job. I've got to get them up a higher. See, it's how life works. And, and the thing is, Jesus said, if you want to be great, this is how you do it. What does stop you?